Book four, introduction and chapters one and two of ten books on architecture. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Fredrik Karlsson. Ten books on architecture by Vitruvius. Translated by Morris Hickey Morgan. Book four, introduction. One. I have observed, Emperor, that many in their treatises and volumes of commentaries on architecture have not presented the subject with well-ordered completeness, but have merely made a beginning and left, as it were, only desultory fragments. I have therefore thought that it would be a worthy and very useful thing to reduce the whole of this great art to a complete and orderly form of presentation, and then in different books to lay down and explain the required characteristics of different departments. Hence, Caesar, in my first book I have set forth to you the function of the architect and the things in which he ought to be trained. In the second I have discussed the supplies of material of which buildings are constructed. In the third, which deals with the arrangements of temples and their variety of form, I show the nature and number of their classes, with the adjustments proper to each form according to the usage of the Ionic order, one of the three which exhibit the greatest delicacy of proportion in their symmetrical measurements. In the present book I shall speak of the established rules for the Doric and Corinthian order, and shall explain the differences and peculiarities. Chapter 1. The Origins of the Three Orders and the Proportions of the Corinthian Capital. 1. Corinthian columns are, excepting in their capitals, of the same proportions in all respects as Ionic, but the height of their capitals gives them proportionately a taller and more slender effect. This is because the height of the Ionic capital is only one-third of the thickness of the column, while that of the Corinthian is the entire thickness of the shaft. Hence, as two-thirds are added in the Corinthian capitals, their tallness gives a more slender appearance to the columns themselves. 2. The other members which are placed above the columns are for Corinthian columns composed either of the Doric proportions or according to the Ionic usages, for the Corinthian order never had any scheme peculiar to itself for its cornices or other ornaments, but may have mutules in the coronae and guttae on the architraves according to the triglyph system of the Doric style, or, according to Ionic practices, it may be arranged with a frieze adorned with sculptures and accompanied with dentals and coronae. 3. Thus a third architectural order, distinguished by its capital, was produced out of the two other orders. To the forms of their columns are due the names of the three orders, Doric, Ionic, and Corinthian, of which the Doric was the first to arise and in early times, for Doris, the son of Helen, and the nymph Thea, was king of Achaea and all the Peloponnesus, and he built a fane, which chanced to be of this order, in the precinct of Juno at Argolis, a very ancient city, and subsequently others of the same order in the other cities of Achaea, although the rules of symmetry were not yet in existence. 4. Later, the Athenians, in obedience to oracles of the Delphic Apollo, and with the general agreement of all Hellas, dispatched thirteen colonies at one time to Asia Minor, appointing leaders for each colony, and giving the command-in-chief to Ion, son of Xuthus and Croesa, whom further Apollo at Delphi in the oracles had acknowledged as his son. 
Ion conducted those colonies to Asia Minor, took possession of the land of Caria, and there founded the grand cities of Ephesus, Miletus, Myus, long ago engulfed by the water and its sacred rites and suffrage handed over by the Ionians to the Milesians. Priene, Samos, Teos, Colophon, Caius, Erythrae, Phoseae, Clasomenae, Lebedos, and Melite. This Melite, on account of the arrogance of its citizens, was destroyed by the other cities in a war declared by general agreement, and in its place, through the kindness of King Attalus and Arsinoe, the city of the Smyrnians was admitted among the Ionians. 5. Now these cities, after driving out the Carians and Lilligans, called that part of the world Ionia from their leader Ion and there they set off precincts for the immortal gods and began to build fanes first of all a temple to panionian apollo such as they had seen in achia calling it doric because they had first seen that kind of temple built in the states of the dorians six wishing to set up columns in that temple but not having rules for their symmetry and being in search of some way by which they could render them fit to bear a load and also of a satisfactory beauty of appearance they measured the imprint of a man's foot and compared this with its height. On finding that, in a man, the foot was one-sixth of the height, they applied the same principle to the column, and reared the shaft, including the capital, to a height six times its thickness at its base. Thus the Doric column, as used in buildings, began to exhibit the proportions, strength, and beauty of the body of a man. 7. Just so, afterwards, when they desired to construct a temple to Diana in a new style of beauty, they translated these footprints into terms characteristic of the slenderness of women, and thus first made a column the thickness of which was only one-eighth of its height, so that it might have a taller look. At the foot they substituted the base in place of a shoe, in the capital they placed the volutes hanging down at the right and left like curly ringlets and ornamented its front with cymatia and with festoons of fruit arranged in place of hair while they brought the flutes down the whole shaft falling like the folds in the robes worn by matrons thus in the invention of the two different kinds of columns they borrowed manly beauty naked and unadorned for the one and for the other the delicacy adornment and proportions characteristic of women eight it is true that posterity having made progress in refinement and delicacy of feeling and finding pleasure in more slender proportions has established seven diameters of the thickness as the height of the doric column and nine as that of the ionic the Ionians, however, originated the order which is therefore named Ionic. The third order, called Corinthian, is an imitation of the slenderness of a maiden, for the outlines and limbs of maidens, being more slender on account of their tender years, admit of prettier effects in the way of adornment. 9. It is related that the original discovery of this form of capital was as follows a free-born maiden of corinth just of marriageable age was attacked by an illness and passed away after her burial her nurse collecting a few little things which used to give the girl pleasure while she was alive put them in a basket carried it to the tomb and laid it on top thereof covering it with a roof towel so that the things might last longer in the open air this basket happened to be placed just above the root of an acanthus the acanthus root, pressed down meanwhile, though it was by the weight, 
when springtime came round put forth leaves and stalks in the middle and the stalks growing up along the sides of the basket and pressed out by the corners of the tile through the compulsion of its weight were forced to bend into volutes at the outer edges ten just then callimachus whom the athenian called katatechitechnos for the refinement and delicacy of his artistic work passed by this tome and observed the basket with the tender young leaves growing around it delighted with the novel style and form he built some columns after that pattern for the corinthians determined their symmetrical proportions and established from that time forth the rules to be followed in finished works of the corinthian order eleven the proportions of this capital should be fixed as follows let the height of the capital including its abacus be equivalent to the thickness of the base of a column let the breadth of the abacus be proportioned so that the diagonals drawn from one corner of it to the other shall be twice the height of the capitals which will give the proper breadth to each face of the abacus the faces should curve inwards by one ninth of the breadth of the face from the outside edge of the corners of the abacus at the bottom the capital should be of the thickness of the top of the column omitting the conge and astragal the height of the abacus is one-seventh of the height of the capital twelve omitting the height of the abacus let the rest be divided into three parts of which one should be given to the lowest leaf let the second leaf occupy the middle part of the height of the same height should be the stalks out of which grow leaves projected so as to support the volutes which proceed from the stalks and run out to the utmost corners of the abacus the smaller spirals between them should be carved just under the flower which is on the abacus the flowers on the four sides are to be made as large as the height of the abacus on these principles of proportion corinthian capitals will be finished as they ought to be there are other kinds of capitals set upon these columns and called by various names but they have no peculiarities of proportion of which we can speak nor can we recognize from them another order of columns even their very names are as we can see derived with some changes from the corinthian the cushion-shaped and the doric whose symmetrical proportions have been thus transferred to delicate sculptures of novel form chapter two the ornaments of the orders one since the origin and invention of the orders of columns have been described above i think it not out of place to speak in the same way about their ornaments showing how these arose and from what original elements they were devised the upper parts of all buildings contain timber-work to which various terms are applied and not only in its terminology but actually in its uses it exhibits variety the main beams are those which are laid upon columns pilasters and anti tie beams and rafters are found in the framing under the roof if the span is pretty large are the cross beams and struts if it is of moderate extent only the ridge-pole with the principal rafters extending to the outer edge of the eaves over the principal rafters are the purlins and then above these and under the roof tiles come the common rafters extending so far that the walls are covered by their projection two thus each and every detail has a place origin and order of its own in accordance with these details and starting from carpenter's work artists in building temples of stone and marble imitated those arrangements in their sculptures believing that they must follow those inventions so it was that some ancient carpenters engaged in building somewhere or other after laying the tie beams so that they projected from the inside to the outside of the walls 
closed up the space between the beams and above them ornamented the coronae and gables with carpentry work of beauty greater than usual then they cut off the projecting ends of the beams bringing them into line and flush with the face of the walls next as this had an ugly look to them they fastened boards shaped as triglyphs are now made on the ends of the beams where they had been cut off in front and painted them with blue wax so that the cutting off of the ends of the beams being concealed would not offend the eye hence it was an imitation of the arrangement of the tie beams that men began to employ in doric buildings the device of triglyphs and the metopes between the beams three later others in other buildings allowed the projecting principal rafters to run out till they were flush with the triglyphs and then formed their projections into semi from that practice like the triglyphs from the arrangements of the tie beams the system of mutules under the coronae was devised from the projections of the principal rafters hence generally in buildings of stone and marble the mutules are carved with a downward slant in imitation of the principal rafters for these necessarily have a slanting and projecting position to let the water drip down the scheme of triglyphs and mutules in doric buildings was therefore the imitative device that i have described four it cannot be that the triglyphs represent windows as some have erroneously said since the triglyphs are placed at the corners and over the middle of the columns places where from the nature of the case there can be no windows at all for buildings are wholly disconnected at the corners if openings for windows are left at those points again if we are to suppose that there were open windows where the triglyphs now stand it will follow on the same principle that the dentils of the ionic order have likewise taken the places of windows for the term metope is used of the intervals between dentils as well as of those between triglyphs the greeks call the seats of tie beams and rafters opi while our people call these cavities columbaria dovecotes hence the space between the tie beams being the space between two opi was named by them metope five the system of triglyphs and mutules was invented for the doric order and similarly the scheme of dentils belonging to the ionic in which there are proper grounds for its use in buildings just as mutules represent the projection of the principal rafters so dentils in the ionic are an imitation of the projections of the common rafters and so in greek works nobody ever put dentils under mutules as it is impossible that common rafters should be underneath principal rafters therefore if that which in the original must be placed above the principal rafters is put in the copy below them the result will be a work constructed on false principles neither did the ancients approve of or employ mutules or dentils in pediments but only plain coronae for the reason that neither principal nor common rafters tail into the front of pediments nor can they overhang them but they are laid with a slope towards the eaves hence the ancients held that what could not happen in the original would have no valid reason for existence in the copy Six for in all their works they proceeded on definite principles of fitness and in ways derived from the truth of nature thus they reached perfection approving only those things which if challenged can be explained on grounds of the truth hence from the sources which have been described they established and left us the rules of symmetry and proportion for each order following in their steps i have spoken above on the ionic and corinthian style and i shall now briefly explain the theory of the doric and its general appearance
End of Book 4, Chapter 2.